once again. Here we go. Missed the whole part of it, didn't? Okay, okay. All right, amen. More technical difficulties. I am going to work on getting this all figured out. For some reason, this thing doesn't like me. Um, doesn't like being at church, so we're going to have to rebuke it. <laughs> doesn't like working. Okay. Well, it's good to see my mom without her brace. So that's a good thing. Amen. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. Amen. Amen. Y'all may be seated. It's good to see each and every one of you tonight. And uh, we had a crazy evening. And I won't, I won't go too, too into it, but uh, my wife was in Lexington and the van just quit, just stopped working. And so... We shifted our gears and we we got to moving and uh, took the van to Georgetown, Dan Cummings, and hopefully they got some good uh, good answers for us about the questions we've given them. Amen. We know sometimes life just happens, doesn't it? I'm not going to give the devil credit. Sometimes things just happen, and that's just that's just the world we live in. We live in a fallen world where the only thing good is Jesus. Amen. So, well, I'm thankful to know that tonight. And I kind of wanted to just take take just a few moments here and continue my thought from from uh Sunday. We're we're not going to go uh too too much into uh anything that was um anything that I did on Sunday, but I do just kind of want to touch on what I believe uh, the vision and the focus of what God, where I believe God is leading this church and those who are here and who want to be a part of what God has for this church. Amen. Also, I want to make an announcement concerning our our, um, class that I want to hold. Uh, for for uh, ministers, and we will will have an initial class, and then we're going to expand uh, that to we're going to move towards the altar uh, workers, and at some point uh, soon. Um, but I want to just kind of establish some things at the very beginning of that, and we'll have that on Wednesday the fifteenth where while there is a service, while uh, my wife is going to be teaching in here, and then we're going to have uh, a little session over there in the other building. Amen. And I'm looking forward to, to, to just thinking about what God has in store for this coming year. Do you believe this is going to be a great year? Yes. Amen. I already believe that God has done some great things in this fast that we have just went through. And... Um, and I believe that we are experiencing some of the shift that has been taking place through this last month. And uh, things are just going to be different. And that's what we're praying for. Praying to see things differently. Not that they're actually going to be different as far as our surroundings, but we're going to see our surroundings differently. We're going to navigate through our surroundings differently because God is the one who has called us unto himself for this hour. Everybody in this room, if you are alive, you have breath in your body, I want you to say this to yourself. I'm, I was created for this hour. You weren't created for a century ago. We weren't created for the first century church. We are created for this hour that we are in, which means we have to utilize everything that we have in our hands and in in and around us, the gifts and the callings of our brothers and sisters. We have to work together. Amen. And I want to I want to just continue this thought with this subject, spirit led deployment. 
Anybody ready to be deployed? You ready to just, where you lead me, I will follow? Enough talk, enough singing about being led of the Spirit. We need to be led of the Spirit. We need some genuine, apostolic, Holy Ghost-filled saints of God who desire to really be led of His Spirit. Come on, we, we are not feeble. We're not feeble. This is not an anemic church. This is the strong church built on the apostles, built on a firm foundation, Jesus being the chief cornerstone. This is a movement that cannot be halted or stopped. We're not dead. We're not weak. We just have to get into the Spirit and let God's Spirit work. Amen. Let's look at Romans chapter 8. and We'll read verse 9 through 14 and I'll give you a second to get there. Just one second, though. This is a passage that we, uh, a chapter that we visit a lot, but I just, I want to kind of just pull a few things out of it. Uh, And we will just read 9 through 14, and then we'll just kind of spend a few moments and, and see what we can extract out of these passages. But ye are not... In the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Now, we'll just pause right there for a moment. And how many are his tonight? There we go. I am his. Verse 10, and if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Verse 11, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. In you Now, there is a lot of words here that Paul is using to, to uh, describe the indwelling of God's Spirit in us. Everybody say, God is in here. I'm not God, but He's in there. Verse 12, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors. Now, I mentioned this here recently. We are debtors. Right? We got the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God in us, and we are in debt to Him. Because He gives us life. He gives us peace. He gives us joy. We can't buy into the garbage that, that God saved us so we can live our best life now and have all the things that we want and have all the all the joy and all the peace and all the, the happiness and all the, till our heart's content, right? To be full of all this world's wealth and, and things when God called us to lose it. And so we are in debt to that call to lose it. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. I don't, I, I'm not in debt to this guy here. I'm not in debt to David. I, I've, already wasted, I've already wasted moments of my life in debt to this man. I no longer owe him anything, but I owe Jesus everything. Verse 13, For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. I know that when I was living in the world, I was on my way to death. And that was going to be the end. That was it. I had one destination and that was death. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Now I pray this a lot. Lord, help me through your Spirit to mortify the deeds of this body. Amen. Verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now let's jump back up to verse 9. 
And I want to I take notice of, uh, of a, a word here, specifically. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, I want to I look at that word dwell. The word dwell comes from a Greek word that means to occupy a house. Now think about that. We don't have the Holy Ghost just to say we got the Holy Ghost. We have the Holy Ghost so the Holy Ghost can occupy this house. If I'm in the Spirit, I'm being occupied by the Spirit. Listen to me. If we are saints of God in in this hour where we have been called to and we all have acknowledged that we have been created for this moment, for this hour, and we are created for this moment, for this hour, because we have accepted the call and we have received His Spirit, right? When we were born again of water and spirit, He came to take up residence in here to occupy. I have become the space the will and purpose of God has moved into. You have become the space that the will and the purpose of God has moved into. It wasn't just for redemption. It was was for occupying a vessel. Does that make sense to anyone here? You know what it means to occupy? Let me give you this example here. If I move my business into a space I have selected, I organize it to suit my needs and my plans. When we move into our houses on this planet, in our life, our natural life, we pick a house that fits our needs. It suits our needs. And if it doesn't, what do we do? We remodel, we repaint, we get new furniture, we do all of those things to make it suit our needs. And so, if the Spirit of God, or we could say the Spirit of Christ because it's the same Spirit, if He moved into this temple, He wants the whole house. He wants the whole house to occupy it to suit His needs. So really, I am in debt to Him because all I am is a shell. Just like this building, it's a shell. It has seats in here. It has furnishings. It has lights. It has all these things that we utilize. But it's, it's what happens inside of the building, not the shell itself. So what happens inside of me is where the purpose is. It's not, it's not the shell. The shell has no power. The shell has no glory. This temple has nothing good except the spirit of the living God. And he has moved in to occupy it. Now think about this. Let's look at, uh, let's, let's go to Luke 19 real quick. We'll begin at verse 12 and we'll just read real quick. He said, therefore, a certain noble man went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. Let's listen to what the commentary says in this Bible. Ten pounds was a considerable amount. Here likely representing the gospel. Occupy has both a passive defense and active offense since to occupy passively as in a territory is to protect a Existing assets. 
To occupy actively is to add more assets through wise business decisions. Both are the task of every leader. Both are the task of every... We are to occupy. Now, I don't necessarily 100% agree with his last statement by saying of every leader because I think it's every person. God didn't just call a few people to occupy until he comes. He called us all to occupy until he comes. Well, let's, let's jump back over to, uh, to Romans. Chapter 8. And I think we will go to we'll jump down to verse 14. For as many as are led By the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. They are the sons of God. We can't be gods until His Spirit occupies this house. Until He controls all aspect of our lives. All of our lives. Now this is the problem with modern day church folks. Is we want God to occupy a room in the house. We want to be roommates. And you know what roommates do? You stay in your room and I'll stay in my room. Don't come in my room without permission. I got this part of my life sealed off. But the problem is, is we... Have to give him all the house. He's not going to be a roommate. Because. Where was it? Was it verse 11? No, it's verse 10. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. The Lord is not going to dwell in a, in a house that has death in it. Listen, we were dead in our trespasses and sin before he came in and brought us to life. Now, we can't have life and death inside uh, it's, it's one or the other. If the Spirit of God is in us, then there's going to be life. Then it's going to be life. It's because His righteousness brings life. It's through His righteousness I can live. But I, I don't want to just hold on to what's dead. I want to truly live unto the Lord. So we, we, can't, we can't expect God... To use us on our terms. Because it's not our plan. It's not our will. He occupies this house. He is the one. He is the one that gives the orders. He gives the directions. You know, you know what we need? You know, it would it would do us a world of good to say, Lord, get me out of the way. Help me get out of the way. And help me to hear your voice. You know how many people are confused about the voice of the Lord? Even even Holy Ghost filled saints who've been living for the Lord. Been living for the Lord a whole long time. And still struggle. Is that you Lord? John says my sheep know my voice. And they hear me and follow me. And no man can pluck them out of my hand. The key is, if I'm going to hear the voice of the Lord, he has to have the whole house. He's got to occupy 
He's going to have to, he's going to have to, now listen to me. He's going to have to set up his kingdom within me. He is going to have to move all of the things out of the way that keep him from accomplishing his purpose. You know what those things are? They're little closets and secret spaces in our life that, Lord, I might need that. I might need this security over here. You've got fear hiding in one closet and anxiety hiding in another closet and, and worthlessness hiding in another closet and, you know, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye and the pride of life in different areas and the Lord meets us and He visits us and He said, you got to get this out. If you want me to stay with you, if you want me to abide in this house, it's got to be my way. When you came to the altar, you said, I want it your way, God. When we enlisted in this, we surrendered our life to him. Our whole being, we surrendered it to him. That's why you got the Holy Ghost. You got the Holy Ghost because you surrendered to him, all of it. And you said, I want out. I want out of this miserable, wretched existence. Now here's the thing, and this is, this is what history repeats itself. If we're not careful, we'll be like, the, we'll be like uh, the, in the prophet uh, Ezekiel when he was talking about when the, when the Lord passed by and saw them polluted in their blood and he passed by and he said, live. Now, now when... When he said live, he picked them up and he began to bless them and he began to pour things into their life and and he began to, to build them up and then they got puffed up and forgot where they came from. And you know, when we come to him, we surrender it all to him but sometimes there's temptation to say, well, I've arrived. I wonder if part of the reason some don't receive the Holy Ghost right away is because they haven't completely surrendered all of their space. I believe that's, I believe that's a huge chunk of the reason that people don't even get their breakthroughs David wrote for he desireth truth in the hidden part for thou desirest truth in the inward part in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom in the hidden part in the inward part God desires to have access there's not a safe in here that I have a combination and I won't let the Lord in. You know what you got to do? You got you to delete the code on your safe and let those feelings out. Let those issues out. Let the Lord heal you and deliver you because he wants the whole house. And you know what? He can't do what he wants to do without having access to the whole house. You hear me tonight? All of the years... Listen, I think there are people, I believe there are people that are holding on to things in their life that God is trying to bring deliverance to them, but, but you got part of the house blocked off. You know what? God loves us. And he came to our rescue. And he wants to bring true freedom into our life. But that means... You gotta, you gotta dust off the things in the attic, right? We got, we got spaces that we haven't visited in twenty years, where there's, where there's deep issues, deep seated issues in there, and we got them stowed away. And the Lord says, the whole house, the whole house. You give me access to the whole house. I'll, I'll use you. You know, in fact, I'll even say it like this because I believe the Lord has brought inspiration. If you give me access to the whole house, I'll use you. 
unforgiveness, bitterness, grudge, holding on to grudges, holding on to things people did 10 years ago and you don't, you don't even know, you don't even know, listen, you don't even know exactly what you're holding on to. It's just a suitcase full of burden that God never asked you to carry. But he's asking you to unpack it. He's asking you to clear out the attic, clear out the closet, and let me bring deliverance into your life, and I'll use you. The reason you can't hear his voice is because there's a little suitcase called bitterness in the attic. Now let me tell you, we're going to look, some, look somewhere real quick. Because listen, listen to what happens. He must have all. If he doesn't, if he doesn't have all, the enemy has access to it. Matthew chapter 12, verses 43 through 45. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest and findeth none. Then he saith, I will return into my house from whence I came out, because listen, The unclean spirit was in the house. Now it's interesting that Jesus was taught was was in this moment he was he was talking to uh, to the scribes and Pharisees. And then he goes into this discourse. But he had, he had, he had cast out one who is possessed with the devil. And then he went through this discord about how can Satan cast out Satan? Is every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation? And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? Now he he goes he goes from there to talking about the unclean spirit. So this is what the commentary says in this Bible. An unclean spirit is a demon. Jesus made the analogy between a man delivered from evil spirits and Israel, this wicked generation. Just removing wickedness is not sufficient. After repentance, the emptiness must be filled with the Spirit of God. There are too many people that are trying to fight hell with an empty house. And listen, then he saith, I will return into my house from whence I came out. And when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. It's not enough to repent. It's not enough to be baptized in Jesus' name. And it's not enough to just be filled with the Holy Ghost. You have to have Him occupy in your house. It cannot be empty. There has to be be something going on in there. Listen, I think there are a lot of people... That, that think that they can just hang on to their salvation experience that happened 5, 10, 20 years ago. But if there is no activity, it's empty. And you cause those that left at one point, listen, when you, when you were in the world, you, you were operating under the power of the prince of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. Come on, there you, were, you had a disobedient spirit, And there are people in the church today, Holy Ghost filled, but they have a spirit of rebellion. They have a disobedient spirit at work. That is the same spirit. That is the unclean spirit that left when you repented of your sins. 
and you were buried in his name and you received the Holy Ghost, but you know what didn't happen? There was no occupation that took place. God did not set up his purpose, his plan in your life. The reason that so many people are confused is because God wants to set up He wants to set up his purpose in his people. You get what I'm saying tonight? Everybody say, he wants to set his purpose up in me. You know, he has called every one of us. You know what that calling is? That calling is is for him to occupy in this house. All of it. We're talking about spirit-led deployment. How can I be led of the spirit if he doesn't have all the house? Verse 45. Then Then goeth he, and he taketh with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. Listen, they're going to fill the house. If God's not filling the house, the enemy's coming back. And he's not just coming back, he's coming back sevenfold. Listen, if God brings deliverance into my life and I don't let him set up, uh, set up his purpose in my life, listen, sevenfold there's demonic activity that's coming back. And oh, if I, if I, wrestle, with the, if I wrestle with disobedience, then it's going to be sevenfold. It's coming back and it's going to be a storm raging. So when that unclean spirit is removed, I got to say, God... Don't let this house be empty when they come back to it. When they come back to it, they can't enter in if the house is occupied. You gotta let him occupy the house. We must be led by the Spirit, and this will declare we are the sons of God. How are we gonna declare? To this world that we are sons of God. It's not going to be by my profession. It's not going to be by my church attendance. It's not going to be by my Bible reading. It's not going to be by my, my, my good deeds that I do. What's going to declare to this world that I'm a son of God is being led of his spirit. Being led by his spirit. Now I want us to... Uh, key in on a few things here before before we close. Things that the first century did that no longer happen today in some cases. This is not entirely every case. There are there are people being led by the Spirit. But you know what they do? They give themselves up for Him to occupy. You know what they give themselves to? They give themselves to prayer and fasting. They give themselves to, to, to being faithful. Being faithful, right? Listen, when people, that don't, when people don't come to church, that could come to church, they got some rooms blocked off in their life. He's not occupying the whole house. Listen, if he's occupying this whole house, I want to be everywhere God works. I, I want to be. I want to be. I want to position my life in the. I want to position my life uh, to the point where I hear from heaven. Uh, this January fasting and prayer is not enough. I want this thing to continue because I want to be so confident that when God begins to speak, I move like the first century church. We got to move like the first century church. Listen. Let's look at Acts eight and twenty nine. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. You know what we need? We need Spirit-led deployment. And that's what Philip did. Philip was willing to stop what he was doing and head down to Gaza, right? Because God was calling him to move and he moved. Spirit-led deployment says, Lord, where you lead me, I'll follow. He went there for one man. Acts chapter 10 and verse 19. While Peter thought 
on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Listen, you know what? We ought to be so sensitive to the Spirit that when he speaks, it gets our attention and we have enough information to, to, when they come knocking at the door or when they come hollering, we know we've been summoned. You know what's disappointing is I can't think uh, maybe, maybe just a handful of times that this happened in my life. But not to this degree where we have specifics. You know what I want? I want the, I want the Spirit of the Lord at work in my life to speak very specific things because he knows I'll listen. Because he knows I don't have anything closed off in my life. And he's not just going to speak to somebody that's not willing to move. Oh, but Lord, I'll get rid of everything in my life if you'll give me specifics. If you'll lead me, Lord, help me to get every area. Oh, expose, search and reveal and let me see it, God. Acts 11 and 12. And the Spirit bade me go with them, nothing doubting. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered into the man's house. Listen, while we walk and where we go, the Spirit will tell us yea or nay. Acts 16 and 7. After they were come to Mysia, they essayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. You know what? Listen, the first century church was actually led by the Spirit. God, you have control of everything I do, of everything I say. But we have to, we have to realize we're just shells. Shells don't have agendas. You hear me tonight? Shells, shells scrap all their plans because there's a different resident. God, I want to be spirit-led. I'm tired of talking about signs, wonders, and miracles. The more important thing is that we know you. That we know you better than we know ourselves or our own desires or our own lust. Lord, that I know you. And that I've given you access into all of me. All of me. Acts 18 and 5. This is all first century church. And when Silas and Timotheus were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. Paul was pressed in the spirit. And it caused him to speak. Spirit-led deployment. You know what they did when they came out of the upper room? They filled Jerusalem with their doctrine. Why? Because the Lord had set up his plan and purpose within people. Where do we leave off at? 18.5, let's go to 20.22. And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. Listen, Paul didn't know what was going to happen, but he was moved to go anyways. That's Spirit-led. Spirit-led is moving when I don't know what's going to happen, Lord. But you know what? I'm no longer the resident here. It's no longer my plan. And so if it's no longer my plan, then my head doesn't matter. Do you hear me tonight? I, I, we should be willing to give our head for this because it's not I, right? We got, we got too many scriptures. It's not I, but Christ that lives within me. God, you know, can I, can I say this tonight? God doesn't want us to live long, happy lives if our love is this planet. And what we get, what we get, 
Listen, there's a lot of things that we must get out of our mind. A lot of the American things that we have learned have kept us from, from willing to put our neck out. And I think it's, it's, it's our desire to be accepted. In fact, the enemy has, he's been busy so long to get us so focused on being accepted that we miss that we're supposed to lose ourselves. We got social media, right? How many people committed suicide because they weren't socially accepted? Where we look at people's lives on Instagram and Facebook and we wonder why our lives are, don't look like that. You know what we ought to do? Listen, if, if, we, if, we, if that is where we are, you need to delete Facebook. You need to delete Instagram. You need to delete social media if you're constantly comparing your life to other people's lives. If it's too big of a temptation for you to say, why me, why me, why me, then you've got to delete it all. Why? Because God must occupy this entire house and I want him to sweep it out from head to toe. I don't want anything to linger. Listen, I want revival where I am, not just in this facility. I want it on my neighborhood. I want it on my job. I want it wherever I go. I want to be led of the Spirit. I want to lay hands on people in public and they receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Not because of me, because the shell has lost its significance and has allowed the Spirit of God to establish purpose. Romans 1 and 9. For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of the Son that without ceasing I make mention of you always in in my prayers. You know what (laughs) spirit-led deployment is like? I serve him with my spirit and I pray without ceasing. I'm constantly thinking of ways and people uh, that I can reach and pray for. I'm looking to be deployed. I'm waiting on the front lines like, uh, where is the target? Where am I going now? You know, we can be spiritually ready for that. But no, no, Lord, I got things I got to do. Romans 12, 11. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. So I got to occupy. I can't be slothful, but I need to be fervent in the spirit, serving the Lord. And we've already covered this before. What does it mean to serve? You know what it means to serve the Lord? It's to respond to what he's trying to do. He took upon himself the form of a servant. And you know what that servant did? That servant came to abide here and teach us how to be servants and teach us how to walk in the way that he did, you know? And when it comes to helping people, touching, hurting people, being there for people, it means that if I have any ought against them, that has to be settled. And that means that I can't pick and choose. If the Lord was willing to touch and pray for all, and heal all, then that means whoever comes, I'm spirit deployed. God, lead me to those that are hungry. Lead me to those that are thirsty. And if they're not thirsty yet, give me words to speak that will, that will cause us a thirst in their life. That will cause a hunger in their life. You can do it, Lord. You can change their life. I know they're at the bottom of the barrel right now, but you can change them. But Lord, let me step on my job spirit-led. Don't let me step in there in my flesh and wonder why I'm not making enough money and why I don't have the things that everybody else... No, Lord, let me step into my job spirit-led, ready to be deployed into action and say, God, not my will, but thy will. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12 and 14, and I'm closing. 
we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Spirit-led people know all the things or are available for all the things that are freely given to us of God to be revealed to us. You know that there are things there are things that we don't know and haven't experienced because God hasn't revealed them to us yet. And you know what? I believe that he's waiting. He's waiting for us to give him everything so he can reveal things to us. Because it's it's not about having knowledge and knowing things. It's about him giving us stuff to be deployed. He's going to give us stuff that's going to help. He's going to give us, he's going to reveal things to us that's going to help. He's going to reveal things to us that he can use through us. But we have to be willing to receive it and use it. Or he's not going to reveal it to us. You know, that's why we got to beat it, beat it out at the altar if you have to. If you, have to cry, if you have to shed tears until snot runs out of your nose and you fill the carpet with all your tears, you've got to weep until something changes. It's not just in your emotion. It's in your brokenness. Because what God is showing us has been in the way. Verse 14, and this is it. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. To have spiritual discernment, I have to have a Spirit-led life. Let's stand. Listen, I, I, I truly believe that... Let me speak to you right now. Let me speak into your life right now. I truly believe that God has positioned this group of people into this assembly to be spirit deployed in, in one way or another. There are things that I believe the Lord is, is showing and revealing that he wants to accomplish. I don't want this to be potential. I don't want this church to just have potential. What's my life and my existence if all I ever had was potential? I don't want potential. I want a spirit-led life. I don't want some kind of position. I don't want some kind of internal thing I want to be led of his spirit I don't want to stand here and receive my reward I want to go out there and store up treasures in heaven one day we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ and all the things that we have done will be brought out and so whatever doesn't make it through the fire is worthless. There will be fire, but the only thing that will remain would be those that were made with silver and gold. You use wood and hay and stubble. You use earthly things and you, you don't do anything, but all your investment is, is, is earthly things. And all those things will be burned up and there won't be a thing. But if I get into the presence of the Lord and I cry out at an altar and say, God, I want to be spirit-led. And he begins to do a work in my life and I position myself to where uh, where I say, Lord, I will go wherever you lead me. And I begin to go into the city and I begin to tell people about Jesus. And regardless of where I am and I, I lay hands on them and pray for them and they receive the Holy Ghost, you know what that is? That's gold. That's silver. 
Oh, and I begin to disciple them. And I begin to pour into broken people and pour into those that can't help themselves until they can be strong enough to carry their own burdens. Uh, that's that's silver. That's gold. Oh, but I gotta get past the wood, the stubble, the hay. You know what this city needs? This city doesn't need another congregation that has programs and has events and has fellowship. What they need is they need a church that is spirit-led deployed. They need a church where somebody that was inspired by the Lord would come knocking on a door and say, you know what, the Lord gave me this address in a vision and he told me inside of you there is darkness and I have come to bring deliverance because the Lord has heard your cry. In the name of Jesus, come out. You know, that's the kind of thing that we can expect at spirit-led people. But there's a little thing called insecurity that keeps so many people from moving, being timid, being fearful. Listen, I I don't know who it is, but I know there's people in here that are ready to make up their mind. I know there's people in here, maybe maybe you've been confused and you've been distracted and and you've been fearful and anxious about things that, that God has already been talking to you about. He's already been saying, let go. Let go and I'll heal you. Let go and I'll deliver you. Make a move and I'll make you free. Oh, Lord, if you're speaking to somebody right now, give them, give them the strength to move. And if you truly want to be used by God and you know there's some things in you that don't need to be moved come on don't resist don't resist the Holy Ghost the Holy Ghost is working on you right now to bring deliverance in your life this altar is open don't be fearful don't be timid be confident that God wants to bring deliverance in your life. That God wants to bring strength in your life. If you'll make it up in your mind, I need you, God, more than I need anything else. Oh, let's worship. Let's move. Let's get in touch with the Lord. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my
we leave this place, listen, I want you to make this prayer with everything that you have, with all of your focus, with all, with all of your focus on the Lord and your focus on this prayer and speaking it to the one who can bring deliverance. God, I want to be led by your spirit. And I don't want to fall into the same old trap. I don't want to fall into the same old thinking. I want confidence. I want persuasion. I want to be so persuaded that you love me enough to lead me. So this prayer here, Lord, help me help you lead me. Help me let you lead me. Why don't you in your own words just take a moment here and pray that. Lord, help me to let you lead me. God, I'm asking that you would help me, let you lead me by surrendering my life, by surrendering my plans, by surrendering my will, by having confidence in your faithfulness and having confidence that you love me and that you set your purpose in my life to lead me and allow me to be part of the greatest thing in this life. God, you allow your people to be part of something eternal. God, don't let me waste it. Don't let me waste the eternal work that you are trying to accomplish. Occupy this house. Entirely. Lord, don't let rooms be secured. Don't let there be any part of my life that's not willing to be exposed. Help me to expose. Help me to dig all the things out. Help me to be willing to search through all the things that need to be purged. Every feeling, every thought, everything that that tries to exalt itself above you, above what you have called me to do and be a part of. Lord, it's not just my calling, but my calling can only take place if you occupy this house. I'll always be met with frustration and disappointment if you don't occupy this house. God, don't let me be lazy. Don't let me shrug your voice off. Don't let me resist it at all. I don't want to be lazy, God. With every eye closed, I want to, I want to ask you this question. Do you, do you wrestle with being lazy? Do you wrestle with inconsistency? Do you wrestle with apathy? Do you wrestle with not having a burden to do anything else? If that's you with every eye still closed, why don't you why don't you ask the Lord to help you in those areas? Lord, Lord, don't let apathy remain in me. 
Don't let any laziness remain in me. Lord, I surrender it all to you, Lord, and I want to I want to work with you. I want to go where you say go. I don't want to close you off. Oh, I know that you won't remain. You won't abide in me if I close every door and not let you in. Oh, help us, Lord, to not resist. Help us to not be lazy. Help us to not be bound in apathy, Lord, or complacency, Lord. Help us. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. I can't I don't know who it was but I remember hearing a story it might even might even been brother Jimmy Tony I can't remember who it was and I'll probably I'll probably butcher all the details but I, I think I think the story goes as they there were a group of people they were out door knocking and they were going down the doors going down the street knocking on the doors and people were you know doing what they do Sometimes when you door knock, they stare out through the peephole and walk away. We don't need any Jehovah's Witnesses today. But it was at the very end of the day or maybe the last house. And I know it was the Lord that was leading him to go ahead and go up to this door. And I... Like I said, I'll probably get the details wrong, but I think knocked on the door and, and there was a hesitation and I think eventually the door opened, but he was greeted. I think it was, the man was smoking pot or something like this. I, I, I don't, like I said, I, I don't remember. I just remember little parts of this. And you know, he went in and he began to, I think, pray with them or something and, and, and the man was moved. I don't, I don't know all the details, but I do know that the Lord caused him to go to the one more house before he was going to end his day. And there was one person willing to let him in. Are we going to hit it on the head every time? We are not going to. But if we put ourselves out there, God will know that he can trust us with that one person that will open their door and let us come in. Can I tell you, one moment in a Bible study with someone that has never seen the light, it to me is more powerful than what we call church inside of a building. When you feel the very Spirit of God reaching through you for the person before you, there is not a feeling on this planet like that knowing that God is reaching through you for that person. You know what I want? I want that to happen in Winchester. I want us to go into the streets, into the highways and the hedges and be led of God's Spirit to a point where maybe people come out on their front porch and they're broken and they're addicted and their life is a wreck. And they've been to every church in town looking for deliverance. But there is a spirit-led individual standing on their porch about to bring deliverance into their life because the Spirit of God occupies this house. Do you believe it's for you? I believe it's for me. I believe it's for us. It's for all of us. Amen. And I want God to do it. I want 2023 to be different. Amen. I love and appreciate you all. Let's come back Sunday for prayer meeting at 1115. 
and let's worship the Lord and let's 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 be led of his spirit. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.